Welcome to the Journal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Sinead O'Carroll, and this week, do we really need to be ordering our Christmas presents now? I am extremely sorry for mentioning the C word in September. I do feel dirty and cruel, but if you're feeling generous towards me, your lovely host of The Explainer, I am also being helpful and informative, I promise. Because remember earlier this year when there were shortages for Cadbury's Flakes for the 99s, and if you wanted to buy a mattress, you might have had a tough job. Some of the problems which caused those shortages are continuing to impact traders around the world. And as the global population gears up for their respective holiday seasons, those issues are due to get worse, according to those in the know. In recent weeks, places like IKEA and Smith's Toys have warned customers about long delays in receiving goods. And actually a browse of the former's website will pop up lots of out of stock messages. Why is all this happening? And can we do anything to mitigate against it? What does this tell us about how we consume? The journalist who had that advice to Irish customers to shop smartly and early on Sunday, Ian Curran, has joined me today to answer those questions. Welcome back to The Explainer, Ian. Hi, Sinead. Thanks for having me. Before we get stuck into the topic, we're just going to get a few terms straight for people to kind of listen with us for the next half an hour or so. Can you give us a quick explanation of what exactly we mean when we say supply chains? Yeah, well, the supply chain really is just kind of all the links literally in the chain between a business and its suppliers. So it includes things like transport, transport links, warehouses, things like that. Obviously, it's different from industry to industry. So if you're a a retailer, your suppliers are mostly, you know, manufacturers who are making finished goods or whatever. So so it's all the links in the chain between you and the manufacturer. But if you're a manufacturer yourself, Obviously, then the links in the chain are related to uh, inputs and raw materials and things like that. So it's just that sort of chain uh, between you and your suppliers. And another story we'll just have to remind people of, we will be talking about the Suez Canal uh, today. What is the Suez Canal and why is it important in this respect? Yeah, well, the the Suez Canal is, uh, it's a canal, uh, as the name suggests, that links the Red Sea to the Mediterranean. Obviously, because of that, you know, location, because of where it is, it's a very important trade route between Asia and Europe. And I suppose the reason it's been in the news this year is because uh, for six days in sort of March, April, there was a very large ship stuck in it, which slowed (laughs) slowed down the transportation of goods and has caused blockages that are still being felt across the global transport network. Yeah, one of the big non-COVID stories of the year. And then another thing that is going to impact and come uh, into this episode a few times is a semiconductor. What is a semiconductor? It's a key component of uh, microchips and microchips are in everything these days from from cars to fridges and toys and everything in between. And the world is running very short of semiconductors at the moment, which is a bit of a problem. It's basically in everything electronic that we use and own. And then the last one, because this is probably most people know what a container is, but when we're talking about a container, we're not talking about the little lunch boxes that you have in your press. <laughs> what do we what do we mean when we're talking about a container today? Literally the big metal thing that ships goods that you put on a ship with goods in it and move from one part of the world to the other. That that's what a container is. And you'll see on the back of huge trucks on, on the motorways. You had a story at the weekend which kind of outlined the problems and it was covered in other outlets that you know, if people do want to do their normal Christmas shopping, they probably need to start now to make sure the goods that they want are delivered in time. What is the scale of that problem right now? Yeah, I mean, 
every week we seem to be reminded of how, how serious an issue this is and, and, and various issues that are kind of playing into it. Obviously, the context for the article I wrote last week was that IKEA Ireland had kind of warned customers that up to 10% of its product lines uh, were unavailable because of supply and uh, disruption. Uh, Halfords in the UK made a similar statement. And obviously, Smith's Toys as well last week said that people really need to get ahead of the Christmas rush this year because of those delays, because of uh, supply issues. So that was the context last week. And then this week, we, you know, we have two major car manufacturers, Volkswagen and Toyota, saying that they might have to cut their uh, production schedules for next month as a result of shortages, particularly of microchips. Um, we've also heard in recent days of queues of up to 56 ships off the port of Long Beach in California, which is obviously a major port on the West Coast. So, so that's kind of the scale of the problem in, in terms of the physical infrastructure. In terms of the costs then, I mean, what Irish businesses are telling you is that where 12 months ago it might have cost 2,000 or, you know, 2,500 euro to ship a full container from Shanghai, say, to, to Dublin, it now costs something like 16 or 18,000. So, so those are very serious increases in costs. And it really is a sort of a, a boom time for shipping companies as a result of that. Yeah, my dad used to actually work in shipping and I used to love going to the ports and my brain, even thinking about 56 ships stuck at a port, the size of that and the scale of that, I, my 10-year-old brain can't comprehend. This isn't a, a story divorced from COVID though, Ian, is it? Like most of these supply chain problems can be traced back to March 2020, where obviously we had our lockdown here and a lot of other countries did as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you can kind of think about these problems like, you know, at various links in the chain and, and COVID has had an impact on pretty much all of them. You know, it's had impacts on production because what happened was, I suppose, at the start of lockdown was there was a massive kind of collapse in global demand. That was demand for everything from oil and fuel. And obviously people weren't traveling in their cars, there weren't trains flying. But it was also demand for things like consumer items. So you had a situation where sort of Irish and European businesses might have ordered goods from Asia, from China or whatever in February. And now it's sitting in containers in March and they can't sell the goods. Right. And the problem there was that that meant that the ships that had come from Asia to Ireland, to European ports or whatever, were now traveling back to China, back to Asia you know, empty, there were no containers, the containers were sitting in, in Irish ports. And of course, the trouble was then that demand actually came back quite quickly. We all got used to lockdown, ordering stuff on Amazon and things like that. And all of a sudden, there just weren't enough containers to go around. There was a, you know, a shortage of containers, which we're still kind of wading through the issues that that has caused. And, and that's a major reason why ports continue to be congested across the world. And, and because you know, global transportation tends to, you know, the effects can be felt across the entire network. So, so, so that's the difficulty that we've had. And obviously demand has increased again this year as economies have started to reopen, which has put further pressure on the global transport system and on supply chains in general. Yeah, were supply chains then particularly fragile coming into this period? It feels like a game of Jenga or something like knock one block out and the whole thing falls apart. Well, yeah, I mean, this is something that I think there's there's a lot of opinions on this out there. But I, I think one thing people would say is that there, there are manufacturers, you know, across the world and in a range of different industries had sort of switched 
in the last 20, 30 years to, to a model of uh, manufacturing called, you know, the just-in-time system. And essentially what that meant was that, you know, basically in a, in a, in a quest to boost their profit margins, as, as, as one person told me last week, um, th- th- this philosophy meant that you, you know, you minimize the amount of time that goods and raw materials are in your factory. Um, so everything is delivered just in time. And, and that sort of maximizes your cash flow. It means your storage needs are minimized and that sort of thing. And, and, and as Alan Holland from Kielvar told me, he was quoted in that piece that was published the weekend, you know, that's very efficient, but it's also very brittle, right? Because if there's any sort of an issue with supply for any one of those many inputs, say you're a car manufacturer and all of a sudden, you know, microchips are in short supply, you can be in in very serious trouble very quickly. And I think we've seen that um, as a result of, of, of sort of pandemic related disruption, uh, you know, to transport and then having a knock on effect then on the, you know, another link in the chain, which is production. But, but I don't think anybody really thought that they were that brittle. And certainly the COVID shock and, and, and the things that have happened over the past year are, you know, you can't understate how, how serious they've been. Yeah. And, and because you talked initially there about demand being depressed when we all went into initial lockdown, but it, it snapped back pretty quickly. Should we characterize this as a supply problem or is it actually a demand problem? Right. Well, it's a good question again. I mean, I think most people would say that the biggest shock has really been on the demand side, right? It's been this this drop off suddenly and then this kind of, you know, return and then this kind of huge spike obviously in the past eight or nine months as 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 economies have started to reopen and many people would say that most of the disruption is, is really on the demand side but that said obviously there have been production related you know uh, d- disruptions as well there have been issues maybe we can we'll probably touch on them in a little bit when we move on to things like the suez canal and and, and the semiconductor issue in general yeah just on the shipping thing with the containers and this does come from my personal interest as a, a daughter of a shipping man Surely we can just get more containers pretty quickly, as you characterize them at the start. They're just boxes of tin, really. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a good point. And I, I think really the issue is that because this transport system, this global network is so interlinked, you know, even brief delays can have huge knock-on effects down the line. And I think it's more so to do with the fact that because there was that shortage last year, as consumers were getting used to the new normal, to use that horrible phrase, because there were those delays last year, we're still sort of wading through that. And obviously there's been a domino effect as well, because you know, in China, for example, there's been rolling lockdowns in some port towns. We've obviously had some serious examples of that over the last few months, and there seems to be more on the card. So it's, it, it's kind of all of these things having not on effects down the line if that makes sense down the chain and and kind of uh, and as I say we're still sort of wading through the difficulties that have been caused by some of that stuff last year yeah you'd imagine if you're number 45 in that shipping queue of 56 ships that the next place you're meant to be is now going to be delayed etc 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 absolutely and by the way, those figures that I quoted for the uh, shipping costs, you know, 18, 16,000, that's just to get in the queue <laughs> for, uh, you know, so it, so it, it's, it's a very serious problem and it is kind of starting to heap costs on, on businesses. And inside those huge shipping containers, they're full to the brim of wooden pallets, things that we'd usually see on a Halloween bonfire, for instance. Is there a shortage of those in Ireland as well now? 
it's certainly connected to this demand spike because this demand has come roaring back because the demand for 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 transportation for goods in general has come roaring back and and, and you know in a lot of cases exceeded pre-pandemic levels because people are unwinding savings that were built up during lockdown and things like that you have seen this uh, increase in demand for pallets but i think in ireland we have a specific problem as well which is that we also have a sort of a shortage of timber and, and timber prices are, are are spiking at the moment and, and have spiked over the past 12 months again that's due to demand but it also seems to be to do with uh, delays in processing tree felling licenses which has left us very reliant on imports of timber obviously house building is very reliant on timber we've seen building costs rise as a result of that so so it's all interconnected it's all to do with this huge uptick in demand that we've seen kind of from the depths of the pandemic last year and, and into this year as a, as the Irish economy and other economies have reopened yeah, you can really tell how many things are just impacting it to create a perfect storm. And we've mentioned the Suez Canal a couple of times and the, the container ship blocking the entire uh, pathway. How much did that ever given ship exasperate all of this? Well, I think at the time, it's very difficult to get precise figures about, about, I suppose, where we stand now. But just to say before I before I say this, I mean, like if you talk to anybody involved in transportation or in supply chain management, they'll tell you that we're still sort of dealing with the fallout from that. I mean, it, that's how serious it was. It was a six day blockage. I, I think at the time, though, Lloyd's uh, estimated that the incident held up something like nine point six billion dollars worth of cargo each day that uh, of the blockage. That's because there were, you know, obviously ships behind the uh, Ever Given, which was the name of the ship that blocked the canal, you know, waiting to get to ports. And once one domino falls and that sort of incredibly kind of interconnected, interrelated global transport system, others tend to fall. And it means that everything just gets blocked up. And basically, we're, we're, we're still sort of dealing with the consequences of that. That's certainly one of the reasons why we're still seeing queues for ports, not just in America, not just in, in Asia, but also in, in Europe in places like Rotterdam and things like that. And people will tell you that that blockage is still being felt effectively. 9.6 billion a day for six days. You can see why it, it is still being felt. And then the other thing we've talked about is the shortage of semiconductors, which is having an impact. What is it mostly having an impact on and why are we so short of them? There's a few different factors at play. I mean, I think, again, the COVID shock is certainly a factor. As far as I understand it, there was quite a bit of stockpiling of semiconductors at the start of, of the pandemic. That was kind of, you know, Chinese companies and, and, and American companies trying to get, get ahead of, of uh, any expected delays and things like that. But then, I mean, um, American supplies of uh, semiconductors were massively impacted by uh, freak weather events in the Gulf Coast last winter, I think in February, um, which knocked out the power to some of the factories that actually produce these semiconductors. Uh, and again, American companies, Apple, major tech companies, and also car makers, and, and, and basically any electronics ma uh, re related or adjacent industry, which is pretty much most industries these days, uh, is feeling the impact of that. Yeah, and I'd say all of us at some stage over the last 12 months have received an email from somewhere we have ordered online to say there's a bit of a delay because of Brexit. And you're never sure if it's just an excuse or if it is actually a Brexit uh, caused delay. Where does Brexit come into all this? Well, I think 
you have to see what's happening in Britain sort of in the global context. And it, it is mostly these global issues that are causing Ireland's supply chain issues and these delays uh, coupled with sort of, the, you know, as I say, you know, the huge uptick in global demand, which is putting pressure on supply chains. But in Britain, those all of those problems are being compounded somewhat by Brexit. We've seen sort of one of the major issues is uh, labour shortages, particularly uh, in the area of um, HGV drivers, which is a direct result of Brexit, right? Because something like 25,000 European truck drivers left Britain and, and, and headed home after Brexit. That has a huge impact on, you know, businesses' ability to, to, to move goods in Britain. And obviously, I mean, that, that seems to be creating some delays also for, for Irish businesses that import from Britain. But by and large, I think it's safe to say that Ireland's problems are mostly as a result of booming demand and the kind of more global issues, um, particularly the, you know, the flow of goods from Asia to, to Europe. So that's most of the parts of the jigsaw talked about. So let's actually look at Christmas. And again, it feels really weird to be talking about Christmas in September, but the warnings aren't just a marketing campaign. Like you're a business journalist, you're here saying, no, they're not. This is actually a serious problem. What exactly is the outlook for Christmas in Ireland if you're talking to consumers about what they should be doing in the coming weeks? Yeah, I think the advice from 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 all businesses and anybody sort of looking at this seems to be just you know, first of all, don't panic because panic buying is actually <laughs> going to increase the problem and, and, and put more pressure on, on supply chains and also create sort of inflationary pressures and things like that. So so that's the first thing is is don't panic. But but I mean, genuinely, it is a situation where you can expect delays for certain goods, as we mentioned, particularly electronics, things like that. And, and I think the advice is to just in a very measured way <laughs> to try and get ahead of what is usually a very busy period, because also, a thing worth remembering is that, you know, you, know, you might not realize it, it but and, and it does feel early to be talking about Christmas, but most businesses are talking about Christmas in the summer, right? Because shipping prices tend to spike in the kind of July, August period in the run up to kind of back to school and Halloween and Christmas itself as businesses try to get ahead of the rush. So that's why it's being talked about now, uh, because, you know, they are anticipating that costs uh, shipping prices could rise uh, and they are anticipating that delays could worsen. So I, I think it, it is a fact that you can probably expect delays, particularly for certain goods like electronics related goods and, and things like that. And, and the best thing to do is to just have a plan and to get in gear. I think that's that 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 will kind of alleviate the pressure on everybody. So the difference between planning and panicking is panic buying might be stockpiling, buying lots of everything that you might not need. Like planning is putting a list together, figuring out what the lead in times and buy accordingly. Absolutely. I think, you know, things like furniture, we know that there are already sort of massive lead in times for, for, for items of furniture that have to be imported from other countries. But then obviously Irish furniture that's create that's manufactured here, you know, they're having those manufacturers are having difficulties getting raw materials into the country. So, so just for example, furniture would be one where it's probably a good idea to start thinking about making your orders now if you want to get them before Christmas and certainly at least to talk to your retailers about, about what their, their sort of lead in times are. But yeah, it is that idea of trying to get information, plan ahead, but, but, but don't panic. Is there something counterintuitive in this, in that if every single listener right now decided to order furniture today, would that not exasperate the problems then? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think that that, that is the, the other side of the coin is that, um, you know, and, and I think it's something that they refer to, I suppose, in supply chain circles as, as kind of the bullwhip effect, which is that these distortions at one end of the, of the chain, you know, as businesses and consumers expect delays, you know, are felt further down the chain, like somebody cracked a bullwhip and you can see the whip, you know, in, in the air sort of oscillate kind of thing so that's the idea is that they get magnified these distortions down the chain and i think there is a concern obviously that if people start panicking and ordering more goods than 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 they need or, or start to stockpile now that you know it could put more pressure but but i, I think it's in everybody's interest and it, any business would tell you probably it's in everyone's interest to just try and, and and get ahead of the curve in a kind of measured <laughs> calm fashion as measured and calm as anyone can be about christmas do we have any idea how long this will last? Like we're obviously talking about Christmas because it's a it's a bit of a shopping spike, but is this due to last longer than that? Yeah, well, I think this is where it gets very interesting as well because there's a lot of kind of debate about about what could or what might happen. I think one thing that has to be is, is worth bearing in mind about all of this is that one of the issues as well is that obviously because of you know the, the decline of air travel over the past 12 18 months as a result of the pandemic it meant that you know businesses weren't able to move goods in the in the kind of belly of passenger planes but people think that you know as air as, as air travel comes back and as more people are traveling around the world tourism business travel things like that there will be more space on those planes to move goods so that sort of return of air travel should actually alleviate things a, a little bit although there are some goods that just have to be shipped right i mean there are cars furniture things like that they have to be shipped so so the impact might be a, a little less for those goods but um I, I think the other thing is that you know we are seeing this uh, boom in demand probably as a result of those kind of household savings that were built up during the pandemic, during lockdown, when people couldn't get out. And as those household savings begin to dwindle, um, we should see demand, I suppose, normalize. And, and, and that in theory should also alleviate some of the pressure. But I mean, many experts in the, in the field sort of say, it could be 12 months before we start to feel the benefit of that. It, it could be another year or 18 months um, before, before things start to normalize. So, so it, th there's a long road yet, and it, it, it looks like it's gonna be with us for a You've mentioned electronics and furniture, but is there any one key item that might be big as a Christmas present item that people should start looking at now or planning to, to get early? No, I, I think really the, the greatest level of concern seems to be around things like iPads and phones and things like that. Uh, as far as I can tell, <laughs> that is the, sort of the most obvious area of concern and, and, and where people m might have to get you know, in gear a bit ahead of time. I know myself, I, I, I bought a new phone a couple of weeks ago and, and the, the person in the, you know, who sold me the phone sort of said that they hadn't had that model for about six or eight weeks because of semiconductor shortages, because of manufacturing issues as a result of that. And obviously, you know, th these issues can, you know, spike and, and, and lessen and peak and trough over time. So it might be the case that uh, it could be sort of temporarily alleviate or whatever. So, but anyway, I guess my point is just that it should be, I think it's very sensible to to start asking questions of retailers to start kind of planning ahead in that way rather than sort of maybe panicking and, and, and buying everything straight away. It's certainly worth getting information. Great. Or while theory, we could stop buying as much stuff and just enjoy each other's company over the holiday season. Yeah, we, we might have some other problems. <laughs> if, if that were, so. so says the business reporter. Ian, thanks so much for coming into the explainer and talking through all of that with us today. 
It was a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to The Explainer and a big thank you to Ian for joining us. This episode of The Explainer was brought to you by producers Nikki Ryan and Aoife Barry. If you want to support The Explainer, there's a few things you can do. Head to thejournal.ie forward slash contribute to become a monthly subscriber. You can also leave us a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's a really great way to make sure other people will discover it, listen and love it too. Thank you and catch you next time.